0: This week on the Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're sharing tips for how you can calm your nervous system to better regulate your emotional responses to all that life brings you. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan VanderLeek, here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. And today we're answering uh, or discussing a listener question that came into our private Facebook group, how do you calm your nervous system? Has anyone dealt with this? And there's a wealth of information available on calming the nervous system from the teachings of Ayurveda and other wisdom traditions to research into childhood trauma, burnout, and even neuroplasticity. So we'll dig into some of this and hope that we can uh, give you a roadmap to how you can care for your nervous system.
1: According to Ayurveda, how we care for our nervous system is very similar to how we care for anxiety. So some of what we'll be sharing this week won't be new information, although we're going to look at it from a a different angle. Ayurveda teaches that the nervous system is governed by the vata dosha, and that's the same energy that provokes anxiety when we're out of balance. So for new listeners, we're talking about Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life. And if you look through our archives, you'll find lots of information. And we're currently working on the finishing stages of our new course, Seven Keys to Calming Anxiety with Ayurveda, which explores this topic in depth with lessons on understanding your mind and body type, nutrition, and different practices to support the nervous system. And we're looking forward to releasing that very soon. The first stage in looking after our nervous system is in protecting it. And that means understanding what affects our nervous system negatively and protecting it from harm to identify and minimize sources of stress in your life as much as possible. So that really starts with looking and and noticing.
0: And some of the things that you want to look out for include Overstimulation, whether that be from the news, social media, intense drama, anything that's happening on the screen. Also, lack of sleep and irregular sleeping habits. Stimulants, we talk about that a lot. Stimulants like caffeine. There's all of these energy drinks on the market that really can contribute to frying your nervous system. The other thing to note is that so much of what our diet consists of is highly processed. And if you can eliminate processed food to the best of your ability, it's going to make a big difference. The other piece would be suppressing or avoiding our emotions, just letting them simmer and sit and get stagnant something that can be human nature to suppress and say i'm okay or suck it up or it's not okay for me to feel this way or whatever that looks like for you knowing that the suppression can really wreak havoc on your system i have seen in so many cases the comparison and contrast between people who suppress and people who share and and release you can take up all the space you need all the space that you need to feel what you feel and to express what needs to be expressed and to do so with as much love and care as possible
1: yeah this is something we're going to touch on again after the break and i think it really is an extremely important point to be able to look at our emotions with honesty and that's that's what we're going to come back around to and to be open about them initially with ourselves and then um, to, if we need to, learn how to express them healthily. Mm -hmm. There are many ways to express anger. It's there for a reason. It's an emotion for a reason. We can express it in a very healthy, assertive way, or we can have it fester and eventually blow up like a volcano, or it can result in destructive behaviors whether self-destructive internally or externally. I heard a monk recently share, monks get angry too. And I thought that was really cool transparency. Mm-hmm. But how they get angry is very different. So that, that's the thing. There's a wealth of difference in how we express them. Sometimes we have to, first of all, learn permission to express and safety to express. And then we need to look at healthy expression, how. These emotions have their place, and then to be able to put them down and move on. Dr. David Frawley teaches that if we don't healthily express anger, it affects our self esteem. We lose respect for ourselves, which I always thought was a very interesting point. He talks about that in Ayurveda and the Mind.
0: And of course, this is followed by bringing in support through supportive practices, counseling, nutrition. Anything that we can do, any choices that we can make to nourish and care for the nervous system. Movement is a wonderful practice for grounding and for releasing things that we hold on to. And a gentle, slow, stretching way of moving is what we're talking about here, not running. A marathon or working really hard, but just gently moving through different practices, whether that be walking in nature, restorative yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong. You've heard us talk about these over and over and over, and, and there's a reason why. They really help us regulate our nervous system. And they all do. They all can help release stress from the body, and they all help Regulate the nervous system. And after you get into a practice, you'll start to really see some changes and feel more safe in your body, more grounded, more comfortable in your mind as you continue making that a priority.
1: Mm. This probably sounds like repeat information for many listeners, and it is, it is repeated information. But it's very valid for calming and regulating our nervous system. It's especially important that we're not doing activity that is stress-inducing, competitive, overly exerting. When our nervous system is challenged, we need more energy to help go to healing that system, and go to supporting our digestion. Our digestion always gets challenged when we're stressed and when our nervous system is under rest there's an ayurvedic rule that we only spend 50% of our energy everyone has their own personal energy budget and the ayurvedic rule of thumb is that we only spend 50% of our personal budget on exercise and then the other 50% goes to healing and cellular repair don't exercise to the point of exhaustion we need that extra Extra energy. That's our contingency plan for for healing, and we don't need to spend it. So, really helpful to go for moving practices like restorative yoga, which is very gentle or slow flow practices. Tai Chi and Qigong both have their beautiful flowing movements, which are very good for releasing trauma from the body, releasing anxiety and stress from the body. And there's a wealth of information on. YouTube, it's very easy to go and look someone up that appeals to you that you can follow for a few minutes.
0: And then we have to bring forward improving our rest and our sleeping patterns. When our nervous system is feeling strained, that's when we actually need extra rest and we need good quality rest. And if you've been listening for any time now, you know that we've recorded several episodes on sleep. We have guided relaxations for sleep available on our Patreon. And we've talked about different ways that you can set yourself up for a successful night's sleep before you get into bed, all of the sweet choices that you can make. And above all, to listen to what your body needs and to allow for what it needs. care for yourself in a way where you realize that your energy is so precious. Your nervous system is incredibly precious and important to your daily functioning, right? So this is where you where you make rest a priority. You just do it. No excuses, no permission from anyone else, just to know in this time, this is exactly what I need to do. I, I need my rest. And on the other side of that rest, then I can make dinner or I can get some work done or I can, whatever the case may be, to put yourself again
1: at the front of the line. And that's the same thing again, isn't it, of listening to ourselves, knowing what we need and being okay with knowing what we need. Often, when our nervous system's dysregulated, we lose touch with ourselves. We might become disassociated. We're not so in our body. It might not be a comfortable place to be in. So we check out. Or it might just have um, some chaotic feelings in it. So it's hard to listen to what we need. So when it does tell us, it's really important to pay attention and and act on that. And if we're not yet able to really hear what our body is telling us it needs, we can always assume that it needs good quality rest. There are certain givens that we know we need. And um, anything we can do to improve our quality of sleep or extend it if we need to, is a a good investment. And again, claiming the right to do that.
0: And depending on where you're living, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and you're enjoying the summer right now, I invite you to get a blanket, get it right on the ground, somewhere safe and quiet, maybe under a big, beautiful tree, and just let your body be on the ground while you're resting. There's something so restorative that, that the earth gives us that we
1: forget sometimes. Yeah, we're missing it. Or leaning on a tree, sitting with your back, leaning against a tree for a few minutes. Yeah, really important.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're moving house, starting a new job, Or moving on from a long term relationship, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you're navigating your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. I found therapy helpful for learning positive coping skills and navigating through what if thinking. It's important to note that it's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's com slash slayer. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of improving your rest and and resting your body. And now we'll move into emotional honesty and support, which we talked about a little bit uh, earlier, but we'll dig into a little bit deeper the importance of being able to speak your truth and to be supported while you do so.
1: Yeah, being open to honest reflection and watching your mind to see what it persistently dredges up. Very often we're so caught up in the experience of anxiety or stress that we're just pushing through the day, trying to get the things done that we need to get done. We can feel very overwhelmed. We can feel very mentally spread thin. And so we don't really notice these things that are coming up. We're just coexisting with them or pushing them aside, pushing through them. But we all have this programming in our mind, certain patterns of thought that persistently come around again and again. Normally when we're quiet, that's when they come up, which is why it can be challenging for people living with anxiety to meditate, because as soon as we're quiet, the mind really makes itself heard. But that's a a subject for other episodes. But when the mind's churning over negative thoughts and emotions again and again, It's stressing us. It's increasing stress. Those thoughts have their impact on the body. They start releasing stress hormones into the body. So it's very helpful to practice setting aside some time for honest reflection or just being open to during the day noticing when you have a repetitive negative thought or feeling some dialogue that arises to just allow yourself to quite calmly think. There's that again, that record playing. And to just watch and see what the mind persistently drags up. And then as we notice our patterns, we can see where we want to make changes. We can start to choose, you know, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't serve me well. What can I do instead? What can I think about instead?
0: And then any Time that you are in a space where you can share your feelings and experiences and the things that you notice with a loved one, this can really provide comfort and reassurance. I know throughout the years, our conversations in Anga have been so helpful for me, and I know for you as well, when we can even share the patterns that we notice, like, oh my goodness, I wasn't, I didn't see that, and now I do, and now I know where I can uh, make some different choices or some of the things that I, that I can do to not get stuck in that rut and continue that cycle over and over again. You and I have broken many patterns together and witnessed for each other. And it's so important to have a loved one in your corner that's available to witness and listen and and provide you with that reassurance.
1: Yeah. I think unconditional acceptance is such an amazing thing to, such a blessing to have in your life. And um, we all have these patterns and we all have corners in our mind and dialogues in our mind that we might feel unhappy about or that perhaps we shouldn't have or we're less than for having. But really, the remedy is to air them out, shine some light on them. Mm-hmm and uh, not keep them tucked away because we all have them. We all carry so many impressions in the mind. This is a whole teaching in Ayurvedic psychology that we have these samskaras, these impressions in the mind, and they're like etched in, which is why the example of a record is used. The mind plays these grooves of thought, this broken record thinking, and every time we think the same thought, it's easier for it to play it next time because the groove gets deeper. So the practice is to jump tracks, and it's not easy to do, but through conversation with others, through reflection, through counselling with a qualified professional, that's a very wise investment when we have areas in our mind that we want to change and we want to work with. And the Ayurvedic teaching is to fill your head with some good spiritual knowledge or inspirational Knowledge and to practice jumping track over to that when you catch your mind. Again, not easy, but it feels a lot better. And the more we do it, the easier it will become.
0: Like anything else, it takes practice and choice
1: again and again and again. Yeah, it's a lifetime's work, but it's good work and it feels good to do it. It feels better to be on that path and to be proactive about our self-care always feels better.
0: And then this episode wouldn't be complete if we didn't talk about cultivating calm and how you can do that. As you start weeding out the causes of this, of the strain on your nervous system, you're opening up to a, a new pathway to bring in practices that will help you, that will help you bring more calm and regulation to your nervous system. Daily practices that we've mentioned many, many times that can help are gratitude practices, uh, being mindful of the present moment as much as you possibly can. These will help protect the nervous system from being affected by the mind chewing over and over our past or worrying about the future. Again, that track jumping that you were mentioning earlier, Ananga. This is also where we want to use sensory input to shift our focus away from stressors. This is when you listen to beautiful, calming music. When you engage in aromatherapy and and have some lavender available or some lemon balm or whatever it is that lifts you up or helps you improve feeling more calm and relaxed. This is where Deep breathing comes in. Just right now, take a nice deep breath in through your nose. And exhale through your mouth. Even if you were to just stop and do that a few times a day, it would make a difference. And then also a part of cultivating calm is practicing some form of meditation. And there are a couple that I'd like to bring forward. One is progressive muscle relaxation where you tense and release each muscle group in your body. You might be st- you know starting with your toes and then moving all the way up to your head. And this technique really helps promote relaxation and reduce muscle tension. It's a lovely relaxation to do before bed. You just tense and release each group and just kind of talk yourself through that. And you'll find, oh okay, wow, I was really holding a lot in my shoulders. Even just saying that right now, I realized my shoulders were up around my ears. Mindfulness or meditation practices that focus your attention on this moment right now. In this moment, I'm safe. In this moment, everything's okay. This can involve observing your thoughts and sensations without judgment. We often talk about how you kind of watch a cloud float by. Letting those thoughts be just like that cloud or just like that wave that rolls in and out.
1: Yeah, really important to do what we can to be safe in the present moment. And that's a key for anxiety, nervous system, peace and regulation for both of those things. Because the mind will pull us backwards and forwards to the past, to the future, going over things from the past that make us wince and projecting things into the future. What if thinking that both of them put stress on the body, both of them put stress on the nervous system. So whatever practices we can find that help us feel safe in the present, even if it's just for a couple of minutes at a time while we're getting used to it, it's still very beneficial. And Ayurveda teaches that a daily routine helps regulate the nervous system by bringing familiar touch points to each day, checking points where we know what time we get up, we know what time we go to sleep, we might know what time we take a walk or what time we eat our meals. This builds a sense of predictability and safety in our day. Routine is grounding and stabilizing, and it helps us switch out of the fight or flight response. If you think about it, a lot of nervous system disturbance comes about through chaos through shocks through surprises through chaotic or frenetic things that that knock us around and and make our nerves unsettled so routine is always helpful because it's predictable it makes me think of um a gentle older relative and someone you visit and they're they're always the same but in a good way they're not boring <laughs> they're interesting people but you know they're They're regulated. You know, they're going to meet with you with a hug and a smile and a a hot drink, and they take their walk at this time, and they do this at that time, and they're in good mental shape because they've just got their steady routine. So that's the idea that Ayurveda brings about, that we have this grounding and stabilizing routine, which eventually helps us have better quality rest, and it also improves our digestion. It sends a message to the body that all is well.
0: We invite you to schedule time each day for gentle exercise, regular meal times, consistent sleep times, both going to sleep and getting up. All of these baby routines are going to, because that's what they are, they're little, they're just small choices that you're making that become routine that are going to help calm vata in the mind and they are going to help you settle your nervous system over time one of the daily routines that i have in the summer is i start the morning quietly reading usually and then i get outside barefoot feet on the ground in my garden and listen to the birds and water the plants if i need to deadhead the flowers and just be in that space before everything gets moving and it's such a 180 from the mornings i had 20 years ago hitting the alarm clock 5 or 6 times you know snoozing it and then rushing and flying out the door and then off to this and that and what a stressful Choice. Yeah. That was compared to now. And I realize some of that comes with age and wisdom and, and all that as well. And, and working with you now, Ananga, for almost 14 years. But to have that routine and then and then, okay, I've given this gift to myself and the plants. And now I'm going to come in and and get to work or whatever is ahead of me. And I've started my day off beautifully by just making that one choice.
1: And it is a gift. How we start our day sets the tone for our day. If we jump out of bed and grab a coffee and we start the day running, that sets the tone for our whole day. We're going to rush through the whole day right up until we get into bed at night. And then we're going to expect to have a restful sleep. But we haven't cultivated the energy of restful sleep. If we can get up and spend some time in gratitude, in reflection, in prayer, in reading something really substantial and meaningful, whatever our personal alignment is and our personal practice is to bring the very best of that into your morning. Really beneficial to us as, as much as we can to start our day well, with what matters to us. And then that's with us throughout the day.
0: Remember that Everyone's response to calming techniques may vary, so it's important to explore what works best for you. We've laid out a number of different ideas and examples today for you, but it may take some experimentation and some practice to discover the most effective strategies for regulating your nervous system. If you're experiencing significant distress that is interfering with your daily life, please consider seeking support. From a mental health professional. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. If you love our podcast, consider becoming a patron and you'll get over 150 guided relaxations, tapping sessions, and Ayurvedic teachings for anxiety relief. You can visit patreon.com slash anxiety slayer to learn more.